At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and of course construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over four and a half thousand square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean library, a den, an outdoor lanai, and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson at greenviewconstruction.com, or you can call 561-727-5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Guess who's here? Uh, speaking to the microphone. Hello. Oh, who's that? It's uh, it's uh, I tried to think of somebody, and I I couldn't. It's, it's actually it's actually just me. I'm doing I'm doing the trick with my voice again. <laughs> it's Chevy Chase. <laughs> it's Simon Clancy, and of course Chris Coffin. You just heard his voice. Uh, he blew his introduction. But yes, it's all three of us. As one listener kept bugging Chris uh, Chris Kaufman over and over and over again uh, two weeks ago, we completely suck when we don't have Simon. This is well, it's fair. So, uh, so obviously this show is not going to suck because Simon is here. Simon's I, like, yeah, you do kind of suck without me. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, this show is brought to you by Better Edge. Okay, betteredge.com slash five, the number five reasons for $20 sign-up bonus. And of course, Manscaped. Use the promo code 5 send get 20% off your entire order. Right now, they're up to the 4.0. Did you know, Simon, that they're up to the 4.0? I didn't, but it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I took yeah. mine on holiday with me, shaved my nutsack, 
every day. <laughs> every, every day? Really? Every day, mate. Every well, you got to keep the upkeep is important, especially when you're on vacation. Especially when you get to our, our age, you know, you've got fucking hairs growing everywhere. It's like, oh, was and, absolutely, uh, it was working harder than my missus. And it is pretty hot in Colombia. Uh, by the way, hot. were you surprised, Simon, that, that if I told you that uh, Chris Coffin got the pronunciation of Colombia uh, right after, after one try and one prompt by me? Could you I, believe I, that? I, I, I could absolutely believe it. I mean, he's an absolute, he's the GOAT. I mean, yes, he's a pro. Say, say it for, for Simon, Chris. Yeah. Now, say, I don't want to, now, now that you want me to say it, I don't want to say it. No, don't, don't say it. Now. Well, is, is there too much pressure now? Is there too much now pressure? Too much, now, there's too much, now there's too much pressure. There's clearly it's too like, much pressure. It's like going up to a comedian and saying, tell me a joke, buddy. Yeah. Hey, hey, do it. Do be be funny. Be funny. Do, do something funny. Yeah. Do something funny. <laughs> Make me a bicycle clown. <laughs> doesn't work All like right. that. Genius, genius doesn't work like that, Alf. It just, just mm. has to come. Yeah. Just, well, you know, obviously we're not going to spend too much time on this game against the Raiders on, on Saturday. We might do 10 minutes on it. But we're going to talk about this week in practice. And I don't know what you picked up, Simon, but uh, people were having children on online on Tuesday because – Tua Tungvalu was picked off like a thousand times, actually just three, but it was pretty bad. He had a bad practice. Uh, I called it excremental. I don't know what you made of that practice, but he followed it up with two pretty good practices this week. But something has emerged, I, and and I said it today on, I don't know, out of I, I, I did about a thousand shows today. I actually did a Bills podcast today. Okay, my my problem is I don't say no to anybody. Hmm. You know what I mean. Like you put you want you want me to talk into a microphone for for five minutes I'll do it. But I said I said today had Martians landed on our field this week and that would have been a hell of a sight because I would have been out in practice I would have been able to document it on the three yards per carry uh, Twitter account and on OnlyFans. You know, like that would have been huge breaking news. Like you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here at Dolphins training facility and Martians have landed on the 50 yard line. Like that would have been awesome. But had they done that. And you'd ask them, okay, who's the best football player here? They would have said that guy number wearing, wearing number eight. Javon Holland put on an absolute show this week, Simon. I guess we'll start there. Yeah, uh, I mean, this this is, shouldn't be news to anybody. He's an absolute stud. Um, and I think, you know, you're going to get in the conversation now. Of, you know, he's probably a top eight, ten safety in the league right now. I, I think, you know, if all things are equal, he stays healthy. I think you're looking at a top three, four guy if he progresses in the way that it feels like he's going to, you know, he's just so smart. You see him leading the warm-ups. You see him doing all these things. He's just the captain of the defense. He's everywhere. He's got such great range. He's just athletic. He's a great tackler. He's a instinct. You know, he he should be a, you know, this is, a, yeah, he talked today about, look, he wanted defenses to, he wanted uh, quarterbacks to fear him. He wants to make the Pro Bowl. I, I You know, I, I personally think the Pro Bowl is it, it, not beneath him because that sounds awful, but I, I think that, you know, it will be a, not disappointing season, but, you know, he should be an all-pro. He should be an all-pro safety, and I think that's what he should be aiming at. And, yeah, I understand that he doesn't come out and say that because then you're setting false expectations potentially. But to me, that's where Javon Holland should be. That's where I thought he would be when he was at Oregon. Um, and so I'm not surprised by how good he is. Um, uh, he's just a he's just a sensational player in a passing oh. league where, it, you know, where you need these kind of guys. I love that uh, team. I, I saw a, a fellow teammate talk about like how he 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 makes some plays that he's um, he shouldn't be able to make, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And it's interesting because uh, you know when you see when you see Belichick, I, I don't know. He, Belichick did a thing with Ed Reed a, a while ago. It might have been a year or two ago. Um, and and you could just like see the you know the you never see Belichick this way, right? But um, but Belichick was just like you know. He's just like awe inspired by Ed Reed. Just like I'm standing in the presence of Ed Reed, you know, because because he's he's talking about plays that like Ed Reed could make on the field that he should not have been able to make, you know, <laughs> like, like he's and that's that's why he respects him so much as a as a deep safety, as a safety um, in general is um, is, you know, as a coach, these guys and as a player, these guys know where the guys should be able to get to and where they shouldn't necessarily be able to get to, you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of the game planning and a lot of the, um, the route construction and, and 
you know, the, the entire orchestration of the offense is, is based on, is based on the, um, the abilities of, uh, of certain positions when they're in certain coverages and so on and so forth. And, um, and so they, they know, they know what you should and shouldn't be able to get to and what you should be safe doing and what, you know, might not be so safe doing. And, um, and I, I think that that's where Javon Holland is, is starting to get to in his career. And we'll see in the regular season, he's got to, he's got to follow it up. Um, is he's, he's starting and he's getting to places that coaches don't think he should be able to get to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's what he was saying. Actually, he said what he wants, he wants, he actually made this distinction. I thought it was interesting. He said, he, cause he said, I don't want quarterbacks to fear me. He said, I want coaches to fear me. Mm-hmm. Like he said, he said, I want coaches to fear me. I don't want to be afraid of me. I don't want quarterbacks necessarily to be afraid of me. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, quote of his or distinction. Um, and I think that's part of it is because like, you know, don't, don't dare, don't dare against me. That's, mm-hmm. that's what he's basically saying. And not, not on the quarterback level, but on the a coaching game planning level. And I thought that was, that was kind of cool. Yeah. That Wednesday, uh, two interceptions and one PBU, the PBU I think was better than, than the two interceptions that play. It was play action Two gets the setup he likes and Tyreek beats his man. I'm not going to tell you who it was. You can guess. And <laughs> Tyreek gets deep and, and I'm like, Oh, here come the, the fireworks, you know, get ready for sex again. He uncorks that ball. And I think the best word, uh, Travis Wingfield of the dolphins, he works for the dolphins media and he, he gave me the best word. He said, Javon Holland just materializes on the spot. I'm watching this play and I'm like, whoa, they just gave up a 65 yard touch. Oh, no, they didn't because Javon Holland comes out of nowhere to break up that pass. And Tyreek Hill's just standing there like, okay, I was open a second ago. How come this guy just showed up out of nowhere? That's how he's been. He's been, it's not that he's Johnny on the spot, he's Johnny on every spot. And it was consensus. Everybody in the media was, was there on Wednesday saying, okay, this is going to be the easiest orange jersey in the history of orange jerseys and sure enough he had it the next day and he was pretty you know he was peacocking with it around he was he was trying to get it back to back because he said nobody's ever had it back to back and he wanted to be the first well he got another interception so maybe he gets the orange jersey once again uh yeah i i think he's he's just been fabulous and now and now that we talk about the fabulous let's talk about what's not so fabulous and i'll start with you simon uh, Coach has, has reiterated over and over and over again, we are not going to do anything to hurt our goal. And our goal is to have Byron Jones ready for week one, which means if you read between the lines, he's not playing in preseason. He's probably not practicing in preseason. He's probably going to practice the two weeks before week one. But till then, Trill Williams is out for the year. They signed Mackenzie Alexander. What's happening at CB4? I mean, I think you're in a battle with with Noah Benogany to, to make the team. I, I, the Mac Alexander thing, I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't know what you think, Chris, but I'm not sold that Alexander makes the team. I mean, he's bounced around the league, you know, second round draft pick, but, you know, has struggled. Um, and I think, you know, you are, I mean, to me, you're looking at the guaranteed players that are on the roster who play cornerback are obviously Xavier Howard, are obviously Nick Needham, are obviously Byron Jones. Are obviously key on Crossan because I think Crossan will be a special teams captain mm. and he's had a decent camp. Uh, I think Kade Kohu stands a chance. Um, I think there is a battle between Igbenogane and Alexander, although I think Alexander will probably play inside, Noah outside. Um, and then you're looking at, you know, Quincy Wilson, another second round pick. Uh, who's the kid, the, the kid out of New Mexico? Um, D'Angelo Ross, is it? The kid that was on the Patriots for a couple of years. Um, Elijah Campbell, obviously, who Chris talked about, um, the Northern Iowa kid, who again has bounced around the league, bounced around a couple of leagues, really, both the NFL um, and the, uh, I think he played in the AAF or the AAAF or whatever it's called. Um, so I think you're, I, I think by default, you almost have to have Noah in the team, on the team, um, because I think that, I don't know, do you weaken two positions? by moving Nick Needham outside if Byron Jones can't play week one against the Patriots. Therefore, 
you are weakening the slot position and essentially you're weakening the outside position because no because um Nick plays inside or do you just play a Noah or a key on cross and outside um and keep Nick Needham in the slot I, I don't really know that's a decision for the coaches but um but yeah I think it's uh you know the other thing is look that there are going to be cut down guys there are going to be things that happen there might be trades you know the Dolphins obviously are, are not shy about trying to trade they obviously tried to trade Adam Shaheen you look at that wide receiver group, you know, somebody, there has been interest already reported in Lynn Bowden. There's been interest in Preston Williams. You kind of feel like Wilson, Waddle, Sherfield, Hill, Azukanama make the team. They'll probably keep six. Is that Braylon Sanders? Is that Lynn Bowden? Hmm. You know, is that Mo Sanu? Will that be Craycraft? But you kind of feel like somebody might be trading a, you know, a receiver potentially for a DB. Who knows? So um, I don't think anything's cut and dried yet. But I don't think Byron Jones will play week one. Just an instinct I have. I just don't think he'll play. I share that. Um, I think I think it's leaning that way. Uh, as for Mac Alexander, I thought you had a great you had a great quote. It was an uh, it was an only uh, only fence. He said that I think his last great game that he played was in college. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and you know, I think that that's, I hate to interrupt uh, you, but I did a dig. I, I did a, a little dive onto Mac Alexander. He had one spectacular game in 2018. Want to guess who again? Who it was against? Miami. Yes, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, had like um, four PBUs. He had an interception and he had a sack against Ryan that, Tannehill in the game. Was that but in I, preseason or is that was that? I, I, no, it was in the I regular season feel, toward the end of the year. Are you sure it was not? It was it was regular season. I, I seem to I remember a preseason, preseason game. Yeah. I think I remember a preseason game where I think I want to say I want to say uh, Jakeem Grant actually clowned him on a play like he uh, did. And, and he was, did. It was that year uh, as well. Oh, was it? OK. All right. Yeah. So, but um, but anyway, I you know, Mac Alexander, I, I actually kind of wonder, I think just because of the fact that um, they danced around it a little bit in the, in the press conference or Mike McDaniel danced around it a little bit. Um, it, it was sort of like it was weird because it was like, you know, I'm never going to pigeonhole the guy and say that he's a slot and say that he's a slot or he's an outsider or uh, outside or, or something like that. But it was also like, but he's a slot. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was yeah. kind of like read between the lines. Um, and, uh, and so the fact that he, that they signed a slot uh, with NFL skins on the wall um, is interesting to me because uh to me it makes me wonder if they are starting to solidify what they want to do or how they want the position to look and and be composed um you know what how they want the the composition of that um of that that corner spot to be in the regular season when they carry it on the 53 and um and fitting together a guy like Mac Alexander in the slot because maybe they don't have enough slot, um, you know, I guess, uh, depth. And, uh, and so I, I look at it because Keon Crossan plays on the outside. That's his history. Um, Byron Jones, you know, we know that he can shift inside, but, you know, he's been outside. Um, Xavier Howard, we kind of know at this point, we don't necessarily want him moving inside um nick needham interestingly enough his whole first year the uh, with the dolphins in 2019 he played um it was probably five out corner and in the position being nick outside versus inside um i actually think that that's interesting because it was sort of like um, he was an outside guy in his rookie year. Then he was an inside guy for two years. And so they might be thinking that he is just number three period, mm. you know, like, and so if, if Byron Jones is out now, he's number two, you know? And, and so I think that that's, um, that could be where they're leaning with him because he has the background at both positions outside and inside to, to maybe, be confident in him doing that but i think that they're they're kind of i when you sign a guy that like mac that has a um the slot experience i think that you might be um starting to 
hone in on what the composition is going to be when the regular season starts. But I think you're correct. And, and it makes a lot of sense when you, you say Alf that they you're getting, you're getting the feeling that they want Cater Coho that they, they want to see what he has, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's not much time left, you know? And so, yeah. um, so I, I, I kind of, and, and his injury definitely set things back. So um, I kind of also been think. a mystery too. Uh, like that, our coach is really, really forthcoming on a lot of information. But this team, as far as injury, is never mm-hmm. forthcoming. He walked off the field on Thursday in Tampa, and has never been seen since. <laughs> except oh. except when they when they talk him up to us, you know, and they say, "Oh, wow, this kid has something," you know, he's he's really really good. Okay, when is he going to play? Yeah. You know? Well, that has to be frustrating to them too, as well. But um, and so so they're, they're running out of time. So I kind of think I kind of think that they're leaning toward Mac Alexander actually being on the roster, maybe as like fifth guy. So I think now, if I, I think if Kohu doesn't play this weekend, I just can't see him making the roster. Yeah. Well, they might they might try to pass him off through the practice squad. You know, it's not like anybody like somebody has to really really have the book on him to poach him because. Yeah. He hasn't played. He hasn't played at all. Um, by the way, I posted this on on OnlyFans. I don't know if you guys saw. It. And by the way, you could be on OnlyFans for three dollars a month. You're gonna get all the information. You how much? Three dollars a month. Shitting hell! The entire it's, time or, that you were like on vacation, this, we yeah. didn't raise the price. No, no, it's three dollars a month. Well, we raised the price while you were on vacation to like like four hundred dollars a month, and then we reduced it back to three dollars. And we just didn't you tell got, you. We you we pocketed limit. all that money. Wow. But yeah, number 90, Simon. Now, no, oh, if you read on OnlyFans how to pronounce his name, this is cheating. But do you know how to pronounce number 90's name? And by the way, you're going to have to learn how to pronounce it because that guy's making the roster, right? That's the new Adam Butler. Like, you know, as I, soon as they cut I, Adam Butler, I was like, oh, my God, they're missing something. Not anymore. Can I, can I take a crack at this? I think it's pronounced Ben. Okay, it's Ben what, Simon? Is it? I, I mean, I haven't seen this, but is it not Stilly? Yes, you nailed it. Ben you Stilly. Be shit. You did not. You looked that up. You hey, son how, of a. How have I had chance to look? We are doing this live, and it's not like Alf asked me the question ten minutes ago, and I'm just. No, no, I, I got him cold. I got him cold. The reason I ask these questions cold is so so we don't do the fake thing where everything's completely researched and rehearsed. You know what I mean? Yeah. He nailed it, Ben Stilly. Ah, fuck you, Kaufman. I think I think he was I you know what frankly I think he was fucking with you when he um when he when he said that's how he, that's how his name is pronounced. I'm not convinced. You had a go at it and you couldn't even you already got Ben. <laughs> but yeah, let, let's do let's do two minutes on, on good old Ben Stilly. Simon, they, they they hit they found another guy. Uh, this guy's the Adam Butler's replacement. I hope it's not at the expense of snaps for Zach Sealer, because Zach Sealer's just, you know, he's Zach Sealer. Like nobody's taking, nobody's taking his snaps. Nobody's taking his snaps. He's too good. I, and, and of course, Kristen Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, those guys are locked in. But man, this, this kid can play. And, yeah, and they're starting to talk about him like if he can play as well. Yeah, he's flashed. He's athletic. I think he's a, he's just an interesting player. And again, it, it, you know, it seems like time after time after time after time, the Dolphins, whether that's Nick Needham, whether that's Zach Sealer, you know, whoever these guys are, the Dolphins are picking up these undrafted free agents and they got this kid out of Nebraska, um, you know, and he's just running people over in, in games. He's, you know, flashing a bit in practice. Um, yeah, I, I think he makes the team. I think you're right. I think he probably is Adam Butler's replacement. Um, you know, and a guy that's just come out of absolutely nowhere, he can probably play inside out um, in terms of what he, you know, in terms of what he does, in terms of his size and his skill set and those sorts of things. And um, uh, yeah. Uh, just a really interesting um, player and a guy that I think will make a, a, a decent contribution. I mean, look at his size. I just have to Google it there, but 6'6", 290, you know, big kid, smart kid, you know, as Campbell Trophy semifinalist, two years running, um, you know, what does he start? 12 and 21, eight, so it's 20 games, two start, 22 games, start 11 games defensive end, so 33 three games uh started once in 2017 34 so he started 34 games for nebraska you know so this is a guy with a ton of experience 
you know, playing, you know, academic, all Big Ten, 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21. You know, he's bright as an absolute button, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I think he makes the team. And kudos to whoever it is. And I suppose it must be Chris Greer that's finding these guys, uh, you know, as priority free agents each year because they keep sticking. They keep sticking. They keep sticking. They keep sticking and making a contribution. You know, he had three coverage snaps in the, in the preseason game. They actually, they pulled him back into that, the, that zone, you know, drop from the from the defensive line coverage and what was interesting to me is like um and obviously he's not here to cover anybody but um like the last time or it might have been the last time he did in the game it was it was interesting like the communication and the recognition and recognition that you could see in his body language um before the snap from the uh the back view of the play um is like it was it was really interesting like he recognized something and uh and and he signaled to somebody else and then he pulled himself back into coverage and got perfectly into the passing lane that the quarterback really wanted you know for the slant you know and and he was I mean he was there and it was it was not you were not gonna you were not gonna throw that and um and it's like it that that's kind of stuff interests me because it like it kind of just speaks of a general know-how you know or just a general aptitude um to for playing the game uh and i i think that uh i think that he's you know i don't want to talk him up too much obviously he's a, he's a udfa and uh and and frankly he's he's looking at trying to make the team for the first time right you know that's mm-hmm. that's that's his goal right now but um, what i love about him though is that you know this is uh, ultimately essentially a three technique pass rusher right mm-hmm. in high school he was a tight end he was a defensive end he was the field goal kicker but he's also <laughs> He's also a three-time state champion wrestler, okay? So Mm -hmm. 2014, I mean, this is mental as well. 2014, (laughs) he was 182 pounds state champ. 2015, he was up 38 pounds to 220 state champ. 2016, Mm -hmm. he was up 55 pounds to 285 pounds and was state champion. So he was 35 and 5 at 182 pounds. 34-0 Thirty-four and zero at two hundred and twenty, and forty-four and zero at two hundred and eighty-five in 2014, 15, and sixteen. I mean, how do you win the state championship and then put on sixty-five pounds <laughs> and still, you know, and do it? Yeah, and he's yeah. a freakish and, athlete. He's no brute. He's he, he's he's a gazelle out there. And be the field goal kicker. And be the field goal. And he was a, he was a good field goal kicker too. Yeah. He was he was he was um. I think you, I, th- I thought somebody said something like he was either perfect on extra points or like and, and something like that. So um, I mean, he he could be an emergency extra point kicker for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, did Jason Sanders say today that Brandon Jones was taking some kicks as well? Oh, was he? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Shall I tell you what else? I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they. This is the sort of thing Mike McCarthy, Mike McDaniel would do. Mike McCarthy, what the fuck? Where did that Mike come from? McCarthy, what? The um, f- yeah, you go on vacation one time and uh, oh. for for a couple of weeks, and you come back thinking we're the Cowboys. Still, Stilly has also played fullback. Mm. A little fullback trap with him in the backfield. Do you know what I mean? A bit mm. of hustle power. You can not see above that. it. <laughs> I mean, I'm all over that shit. I mean, the first the first option that way is going to be Christian Wilkins, probably. But you know, if, yeah, absolutely. But you know, I mean. Who's opposed to Stilly, Wilkins, and you know, Mostert in the backfield on a big old jumbo set? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, like that, a, they might might as well get Rob Hunt back there uh, and, oh, yeah. and have somebody else at right guard. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. One one guy that's for sure, and and I guess if you notice the theme of the show today, it's one feel good story to one feel bad story. So we'll do the feel bad story now. I'll give you the a, a little bit of good before we lead into the feel bad story. Alec Engold, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a crowd favorite. He's the first guy to stand up to Kristen Wilkins' trash talk all summer. And I don't know if you guys heard about it. It was the first fight of, of camp. It lasted all of 30 seconds, but Alec Engold got into Kristen Wilkins' face. I guess after weeks and weeks of wearing the red jersey and just hitting people unnecessarily over and over again, he finally put on the white jersey. He took one and then uh, they got into it with Kristen Wilkins. But uh, a feel-bad story, Tanner Connor was really, really coming on. And talking about a guy who's a, a two-sport athlete, did you know he was, a, he's a, he was a track and field star in high school? 
I did, yeah, I did. Well, I did he that. seems to have a mysterious injury as well. And, you know, th- this team is not saying what it is, but he's been, he has not been seen in a couple of days. Mm. Um, what do you make of this tight end position, Simon? And then, and then I'm pretty sure we could get into the game very briefly. But what do you make of this tight end position? It's nobody can call it. Mike McDaniel says that he has to deprogram all the tight ends and that this, this, this system is very, very hard on tight ends in the summer because they have to learn so much. But Mike Kaseki looks anything but a lock. I think not that they'll cut him, but that they'll trade him. Like if if they traded him tomorrow, I wouldn't bat an eye. I think it's the most interesting position group in the in the on the team. I would not bet. I think it was fascinating that Gasicki played the other night. I've been told that he's really struggled to pick up the the blocking situation um, in terms of how he's supposed to block both physically, both technique wise. It's just been a problem. Um, I think Chris has mentioned it a couple of times. Seething Carter has, has kind of, you know, could make this team. I, you just want, like we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it privately in conversation or whether we talked about it on OnlyFins, but I think it was OnlyFins actually. But, you know, if Durham Smythe hadn't run a 482, at, you know, and, and been an mm-hmm. absolute godder, you know, Durham Smythe essentially would back up George Kittle in, at the 49ers probably right now. He's mm-hmm. an excellent blocker. He's yeah. a smart football player, doesn't commit penalties. He's got good hands. He is reliable. He can get open, all those sorts of things. The X factor in all this is Hunter Long. You just wish if Long had just like, I think the Dolphins would feel significantly more comfortable about trading Mike Gesicki. You know, you trade Gesicki to a team like Green Bay or whatever. And I think if Tanner Connor had, you know, had not got injured, you just kind of think there might be an X factor as a fourth tight end, as a sort of H-back kind of mm-hmm. kid. You have Carter and Long and Smythe. You know, George Kittle wasn't a superstar. George Kittle was a fourth round pick out of Iowa. Do you know what I mean? This wasn't mm-hmm. a, he didn't just, he, you know, this is not Kyle Pitts in terms of everybody just thought he was going to be a superstar from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy that had to work at it. I, I don't know what McDaniel's thinking. I don't know what John Embry's thinking in terms of, you know, these guys. But, you know, if one of them has a feeling that, you know what, Alan Long might just be the guy. And, and you know, you'd know better than anybody else because you've been there every single mm-hmm. day. We, we've not seen it. And, and and it's not like, you know, Barry or, or Omar or you know, David or Daniel or, or the guys that are there have talked it up a great deal. But you kind of feel like if Long just made a step, I, I would not be surprised to see Mike Gesicki. I would not be surprised to see Mike Gesicki trading before the start of the season. Not on any level. And I think the Dolphin, you know, it's difficult because if you trade Gesicki, you're looking for a starting offensive lineman probably, or you're looking for a starting corner. And the Dolphins, you know, or you're just trading him for a pick. Do you know what I mean? Because they obviously mm-hmm. lost that they lost that other first rounder. So, you know, you get a third round pick from the Green Bay Packers or, a, you know, a team that could use a, a flexible catch pass catching tight end. Then, you know, I just, it just wouldn't shock me. And I thought it was fascinating he played last week, given that 21, 22 players, essentially, if you include Byron Jones, got the night off. Mm. And it was indicative of, you know, your, your position is safe, whether that's to a Javon, Christian Wilkins, you know, the, the running back that, you know, Waddle Hill, you know, you guys are you guys are good. Whereas Mike Gasicki was out there grinding, you know, I thought that was fascinating. I th- I think the preseason game was. Tell- I actually had this conversation with somebody who's um, who's been a, a a source for me um, over the years, and you know, very connected to um, to some of the some of the higher ups, and um, and they had the person I was talking to. They had a good point, which is that um, you know the expectations are such this year they're high. They're, they're, they're not waiting anymore. Like Steven Ross and, and the people high up in the organization, they're not, they're not waiting anymore. You know, they're not waiting to rebuild or, or anything like that. And so, um, so that, that offer for Mike Gesicki, if they're going to trade him would have to be really compelling because if they're, you know, they're down some injuries and, you know, let's say, Jalen Waddle is hurt and and now it's it's Tyree Kill and and you're working with say Lynn Bowden or something like that and 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 Durham Smythe um out there and and it's just you know Tyree Kill is out there but it's still it's not looking like compelling enough to win and and make and do damage in the playoffs they're not going to console themselves by saying well at least they, we got a third round pick next year you know um 
they're they're just not going to so that 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 offer for him would have to be really compelling because there's no there's no appetite to wait any longer so i you know say what you want about gasicki and whether he's george kittle you know he's not um is he is he 100 for the system uh maybe he's not uh one thing that you do know about him is that he's a unique player that can challenge defenses and produce on sunday hmm. and and so i think that uh however they fit it and they will ask the coaches to, to fit it together. Um, you know, that, that, that offer may have to be pretty. And that's why he's ultimately why he's franchised. I think is uh, that, that they may have to, you know, roll with him in one um, capacity or another and count on him to help them win because I, you know, they're not, they're not just, you know, but at least we got a pick next year. And so I, I think that um, I think it's interesting. I think the, pretty telling uh because yes he was playing and and that says something you know because mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the starters that have secured spots you know and aren't really aren't really competing for their spot in certain personnel groupings and stuff like that they weren't playing and he was so um and and i think afterwards mike mcdaniel had a very telling statement uh saying you know essentially it's not business or it's not personal it's um it's business you know that if we're not trying to send a message to anybody by having you play or not play it's just where you are toward making the 53-man roster um and i think that it was telling in some ways and that he was out there but it was also telling on the other flipping around and say it's telling he was first string you know when they when they go out there it's one one tight end personnel uh, mm-hmm. on the field it was him and, and there was no question about it. And, and when he came off the field is when the other starters came off the field. So he is, he is clearly fighting. Um, he is still clearly fighting challenges from his buddy, Durham Smythe uh, in certain personnel groups, but he is also still a starter. And I think that that's interesting, but you know, what actually concerned me more and, and Simon was talking about it and, and bringing it up. Why was Hunter long only on the field for three snaps? Oh you know yeah, right and, and and look at the pecking order too you know if, if mike mcdaniel is to be taken you know kind of very um superficially uh about what he said about making the 53-man roster then you're looking at a guy in hunter long who was only on the field who had uh not only mike gasicki and durham Smythe in front of him but also had seathan carter in front of him and also had tanner connor or also had tanner uh, connor in front of him as well like Hunter Long only appeared on the field in the second half when it was two tight end personnel and Seaton Carter was the number one, you know, and so and it was only three snaps. And so what is this about Hunter Long now? Because this is two two straight coaching staffs, two consecutive coaching staffs mm-hmm. that have ended up burying him. Mm. And it's starting to remind you, doesn't it doesn't it remind you, Simon Alf, doesn't it start to remind you of like you know, some other times that we've seen uh, guys with talent that just, just find themselves, you Max know, for some reason. College. Max Stout in college. You know? Yeah, well, it's it just mm-hmm. like, well, think of think of like um, a Kenyon Drake or some somebody like that who we, we know is talented, who we know can do things on the football field. But like for some reason, multiple coaching staffs here in Miami just seem to be uncomfortable with the guy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, and you're you're starting to get you're starting to get that feeling about him. And I, well, Kenyon Drake, it's multiple organizations. It's now his fourth well, yeah, organization. It's, yeah, it's it's multiple coaching staffs in Miami, and it's also multiple. What is it about Hunter? Like, why is why is a second coaching staff now burying him? Because he was buried. But in especially, that as, especially as McDaniel said that Long was on the 49ers, heavily on the 49ers radar. Mm-hmm. When they were, you know, when they were looking at the draft last year, you know, yeah. because it's a scheme. He's a perfect scheme fit. You know, he should be a guy that develops into that player that they need. And, uh, you know, he's another that just, you know, three snaps is brutal. I mean, he's going to have to play a lot on mm-hmm. Saturday night, or you kind of think, is he going to even make the team? Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Last tight end traded Hayden Hurst. Atlanta traded a second round pick and a fifth round pick for Hayden Hurst and a fourth round pick. So I, mean, uh, I don't know what you're trading for Hunter Long, but it's not. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Mike Gusecki. Like, yeah. uh, I need that for Mike Gusecki. I need a second round pick then. If Hayden Hurst is getting you a second round pick, we better get a second round pick for Mike Gusecki, especially since it's going to be a Super Bowl contender. So we're talking about 
what, 58th overall? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if Green Bay wants Mike Gusecki, pony up, buddy. Give give us a second. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that a Super Bowl contender is going to give us a front line offensive lineman. And I lied. I'm not going. We're not going to talk about the Raiders. Let's do five minutes on this offensive line. Uh, we're not going to do the 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 Austin Jackson debate. But uh, how do you see it? Just just shaking out so far, Simon. The the starting unit. You you saw it in action, kind of. And yeah, that's honest, it. I haven't really seen any of the game. Um... Uh, so I'd kind of defer that one to Chris, but it kind of feels like it's as you were in terms of that, um, you know, Teron, Liam, um, Connor, uh, Hunt and Jackson. Um, and I, I think depth-wise is the issue. You know, Teron Armstead's never stayed healthy. So who's playing left tackle if, you know, if Teron goes down? Are they going to move AJ back there? Is Eichenberg going to play there? Greg Little? Who's the guy that's going to play? Are they going to bring in a veteran guy? Um, you know, so and people were talking last week about oh, you know, the 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 backups they can't play, the backups are terrible, you know, Panky and Keon Smith and, and these guys they're awful and Carl, Lionel Coleman isn't good enough. and that you know why haven't they got vets in? And I think the counter to that is the, the Dolphins have got to see what these guys are like. You've got to see them in like with live bullets, you know, because the vet guys don't need to be in right now. The vet guys don't need to come in and play sixty snaps against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Oakland Raiders. You know what I mean? If you're a, mm-hmm. if you're a veteran offensive tackle, I know he's just been signed, but if you're Dwayne Brown, for example, you don't need Dwayne Brown to come in. Like the Jets have got Dwayne Brown. They don't need him to come in and play 60 snaps on Saturday night because he's Dwayne Brown. He's a 15-year vet. You know, you don't need that. But the, the Dolphins do have to give these guys a chance to, 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 to see what they're like up against, you know, other teams. And it, it's clear that Kyle Smith and, and Panky you know, and, and Coleman probably aren't good enough, but you've at least got to give them the opportunity to play. Otherwise, you're not developing players. You're just signing retreads from from off the street. Yeah, I thought you know. it was really interesting before before Chris gets in here, how the coach was asked uh, about Larnell Coleman, and he kind of just volunteered, like basically saying, oh, no, he's not the swing tackle. The swing tackle is Greg Little. But Greg Little, what was his line, Chris? That he I didn't want to remember. play him because he didn't want it to be a representation of the player. Oh, he felt, yeah, he felt it would be a poor representation of the player to play with the injury that he was, that he Which was, is his back. We do know it's his back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we know that. Yeah. You can go out and get yourself an Eric Fisher or a Daryl Williams or a, mm-hmm. you know, a Mike Remmers or a Nate Solder or Bobby Massey or, you know, uh, I mean, like you could give Jason Peters a call if Teron Armstead goes down. Do you know, I know he's 40. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There, there's mm-hmm. a guy that you, you know, and it may be that the Dolphins already spoken to Jason Peters and said, look, you know, if this happens, just keep yourself in shape, buddy, and you'll get, you know, if you still want to play, you know, so there are clearly guys out, you know, Sam Tevy, or there, there are guys out there. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. I just don't see the point in bringing them in, playing them 60 games, especially the guys that fit the scheme, who know McDaniel or who know, do you know what I mean? I just... Mm. Uh, me that just doesn't make any sense at the moment you've got to see what these young guys are like and if they're not good enough then yep then daryl williams gets a call or eric fisher gets a call or you know bulaga or marcus cannon or whoever that that's fine but i think point, jason peters would be an interesting name wouldn't yeah, he absolutely um i think it's interesting because uh i would say though, though i would stipulate on on Pankey that um they played him at center the entire game basically yeah. and um and i actually i actually thought it was pretty good um you know for for never really liked him at all in, in any of the positions they tried, whether it was tackle or guard. Um, and that center has started to make a little bit more sense to me. It's, it's a little bit, it reminds me a little bit of Dieter. Like I never liked Dieter at guard and I know he's, you know, he's, he's played elsewhere before. And the only position that makes some sense to me is center um, for Dieter. And, and that's not to say that I think he's, you know, a great center. I think there are times that he, he shows some ability and, and you're kind of intrigued by it, but you know, altogether, the whole package at center is, is not enough. And that's why they have Connor Williams there. But, um, but I, Pankey was a little bit more interesting to me as a player. He has not been interesting to me at all in any capacity that he's played with Miami, even as a tight end um, when they bring him out as a sixth offensive lineman until I saw him in that game as a center. So that's, that's one thing, but um, 
but you're you're right. You, you gotta see you gotta see Larnell Coleman at left tackle. It was because last year he played left tackle and right tackle. He looked you know okay at left tackle and he looked you know atrocious at right tackle. And um and and then this year you know hey we're gonna get him in at left tackle again and and see if he can uh, he can do it. He's got a he's got a massive frame. You know he's got some advantages that way. Well, we got to find out. Uh, I personally, and I, I know that Simon, you're probably on board uh, as well. Would love to see Kellen Deach play some more. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and I, I think that there's there's more there's more to be had. There's meat on the bone there. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what he can do when he's get with some more with some more reps. Um, as for Austin Jackson, you know, I I, I thought that. Um, the outing that he had was very average to maybe even a little below average. I mean, if you have to consider that you have to consider that he could have easily been flagged for an obvious holding on the very first play. And, um, you know, I think that they were, the refs were in preseason form and, uh, and there was another, <laughs> I didn't even realize this until Alf, you brought it up and we're actually interesting. We were arguing on only, only fans about his performance. And then, and then you brought up, well, he should have actually been flagged on this other fl- play too. <laughs> and I was like, well, there you have it. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I thought that he's, he's got to show more be- to make good on and show that the progress that he showed in practices is actually going to translate into the games. And that this ability that we think that he has particularly because you know he's he's got the uh athleticism to the zone ability that he's, he's supposed to be a good fit for zone that way like we have to actually see that though because it wasn't there on the um on in the first game you know when he had to when he had to reach and and get to a you know get to a guy and get in front of get the get control of that front shoulder on his own play or something like that he he couldn't do it and um and he couldn't you know he couldn't he couldn't even get keep the front shoulder when he had advantage another place back in in the next or two season that there's no reason that they're they're gonna have to flip gears and and maybe try and get rob hunt out there um i think he can i'm not i'm not saying he can't i I just, you know, he's got more, there's more there, um, whether, but Terrell and Teron Armstead, obviously you don't need to see anything from him. Uh, Connor Williams. I'm surprised they didn't play him more because of the snapping issues that people have been talking about in training mm-hmm. camp. You've talked about them as well, Alf. Yeah. Um, you know, we need, we need to put that to bed like that, you know, that we need to make sure that that's, that's not going to be an issue. So, um, so yeah, the, there's, there's some, there's some things to shake out on the offensive line. Uh, and I, you know, I, I think, I think that's a great point though, Simon, like if, you know, something hits the fan, yeah, they might just give Jason Peters a call or something but like I, that. And, and I think, you can, I think you can look at that a corner as well. And you give someone like Joe Hayden a call, for mm-hmm. example. You know, who can play outside, you keep Nick Needham inside, it means you don't have to start Noah, you got a veteran corner who, you know, I, you know, Drew Rosenhaus has talked this summer about how he's had conversations with Chris Greer about Joe Hayden coming to Miami. And I think part of that conversation will be, you know, we get a week out and we don't think Byron Jones is good to go against the Patriots, then, you know, let's, let's sign Joe Hayden, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, I could absolutely see that happening. Mm. All right. On the way out here uh, in Tampa, it was really interesting being uh, uh, our coach, Mike McDaniel, being asked, oh, you know, are you going to play the ones, the twos? And he goes, well, obviously, I got together with Todd Bowles and we decided, yeah, you know, we decided on on the way to proceed this week. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they played their ones. Uh, Tampa, Tampa and Miami played their ones pretty hard on Wednesday and Thursday. That's why I speculated, look, you're not going to see many ones play on Saturday because they just took a beating on on Wednesday and Thursday. To be noted, the Eagles are in town the 24th and the 25th. That is next Wednesday and next Thursday. It's a possibility that Mike McDaniel gets with Nick Sirianni and says, look, we're going to play ones on Wednesday and Thursday, which means he might not play anybody on Saturday. What's your gut feeling on who Mm -hmm. plays against the Raiders on Saturday, Simon? I think more first-teamers will play this game. I, I think you'll, they'll treat this a bit like the third preseason game back in the day when we had four games. Mm. Then you'll have starters playing against the Eagles, and I think it'll be scrubs for the final preseason game. All right, I think I think you're right. I think you're right, and I think that they're they're kind of. I think in some of the things that we're talking about in practice and training camp, they're foreshadowing it a little bit. 
like um, as based on what the kinds of things that they're working on, like more real game situations and stuff. Um, and I, I think to a, you know, everybody's to a going to play is to a going to, yeah, I, I do. I think he's going to play. Um, and so I, I, I'm not, I don't think it's a great big, as great big mystery as people uh, make of it. And I think Simon, you're right. More starters going to play this week. Um, I don't know about the third game, but you're probably, you're probably right bang on with that one too uh which is that it's just going to be the scrubs at the end of it uh in the final game although for next week uh, next week against the eagles what what do you feel like what second team goes hard or they just dial it back completely and nobody goes hard next week oh well, second team yeah yeah i think i think the second team they're still they're still trying to shake out a lot of a lot of people and um and you know if i'm not if I'm not mistaken we'll have another cut do we have another cut date even before that third uh, game uh, this tuesday no we uh no it's after the third game oh it's after the third game okay in previous in previous years i think there was a cut date to like 65 before that fourth preseason game so I'm trying to trying to figure that out but um yeah i think i think i think they'll go the you know, I think they'll go with the. It'll be a lot like this first game. It'll be the backups, and then and then the third stringers, and they'll all be one last shot to compete for your spot. You know, and yeah, um, I wonder how they're going to play that on on Wednesday and Thursday against the Eagles. I think it's yeah. I think you're you're both right. I think they'll they'll go hard on Saturday and Wednesday and Thursday. Let the second teamers beat up on each other. I can't see. There's no way Edmonds gets carries on Saturday, and then he's running into the line on Wednesday and Thursday again right before the season starts right so yeah i tend to agree that that that, those two days against the eagles might not be as entertaining as some fans may want it to be but i'll be there and i'll be covering all of it all right that's it wait wait wait. can i just say before we go um Uh that i'm that i'm a little i'm a little disappointed uh i think we're in preseason form and and so you know we we need to shape up but simon um you and i you and I let Alf get away with, he said, my problem is I can't say no to anyone. <laughs> we let him get away with get ready for sex again. Get ready for sex again. I mean, I, I didn't want to touch that, mate. I, I felt and, dirty. And, I felt dirty just thinking about it. And he also said nobody's ever had it back to back. And we just let him get away with this. We, and we didn't even, we didn't say anything. I just didn't want to dip my toe into that world, mate. It's too early. <laughs> I'm still jet lagged. I might not sleep if I think about him saying that. <laughs> we we, we right. need to, we need we need to get we need to get in regular season four. We need to raise our game, buddy. We'll, we'll be yes, ready we with do. one, mate. If we'll be ready. We'll be ready. Shit in week one. I'm going to be all over him like a cheap suit. All right, and that's it. Try to enjoy the game on Saturday. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.